0: Starting in three, two, one. Hi, I'm Marcy.
1: And I'm Akko.
0: And welcome to the Color Pages Book Club, a bi weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds.
1: Woo! Yes, y'all. Colorful, colorful, colorful background. Mm-hmm.
0: all sorts of colors. Yes, colorful cubed.
1: <laughs> colorful cubes. <laughs> <laughs> Some might even say um, colorful spheres, or that fourth dimensional one that I can't remember the name of. Oh,
0: wait, there's a fourth
1: one? I think there's a tes- Tesseract. I think it's a fourth dimensional
0: oh, one. Oh, that's... Yeah, I got to, like squared and cubed and then after that like georgia public schools were like and we're done done that's it that's all you need to know and to be fair that is all i've needed to know up until this point yeah i don't think
1: a a copious number of people have been like oh yeah i needed to know the name the name of fourth dimensional
0: right I just like really think about my education. I'm like, wow, like, I mean, when have I ever had to do like a derivative in life? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, calculus really was like, you have to know this. And I'm like, so y'all couldn't have taught me like how to do my taxes or like, I don't know, it's true. like but here's business the thing. literacy, <laughs> <You> like anything, <laughs> like what the fuck?
1: Uh, to be fair, you know, a lot of people do use calculus. Like, That's fair. All the time so that's the thing about public schools right you're trying to teach a copious number of kids all of whom are going to go well this is about school in general all of whom Mm. are going to go out and do completely different things Mm. so like the person who does calculus is like why would i ever have to learn literary analysis of a book and i'm over here like sure wish i learned more literary analysis of a book you know yeah so but that being said they could have also taught us business literacy and how to file our taxes
0: right no all those all of those would have been helpful um Mm -hmm. but you know what's also helpful the fact that i chose a book for the color pages book club which is what we're (laughs) talking about today so yes so i so today we're going to be reading one of my picks which is called the gilda stories by jewel gomez and i'm excited it'll be it's like kind of giving like a vampiric black queer like type energy and i think um i think there's gonna be really interesting discussion today
1: yeah i i agree with you definitely ups and downs here akko said as if she hadn't already read the first half of this book (laughs) um (laughs) i did want to ask marcy Mm -hmm. why did you choose this book
0: okay such a good question so honestly this was one of those situations where like okay you know how like everyone's always like oh girl you gotta watch the show on netflix or like oh bitch have you seen this book like you gotta read it. it's so good like everyone just says like oh like have you seen it oh it's so good and like I think we just need to get to a moment where we realize that that's not descriptive enough. You know what I mean? Like that's just like not typically descriptive enough to get someone bought in. But I will say in a rare exception, this is actually exactly how I came across this book. Um, I met someone like (laughs) maybe four years ago. Wait, no, this would have been, yeah, maybe three, four years ago. And it's funny because, like, he wasn't even talking to me. I was just in the space while he was talking to literally somebody else. And I remember he was <laughs> sure. like, yeah, like, there's this book called The Gilda Stories. And it's, like, sickening. It's, like, about this, like, black lesbian who's, like, a vampire. She, like, travels through time and space. Mm. And she's, like, si- like it's just, like, so fucking good. And I was like, oh, girl, that's not-. I was like, oh, what, what's the name of-, of that book? And then, like, the person was like, oh, I'm sorry, Marcy. You were you were listening this whole time. And I'm like, what? Um, and so, like, I just remember <laughs> writing down this book and being like, okay, like someday off into the future, I'll actually read this. So I was Mm. like, why not do it now? So I felt like it was like kind of a nice departure from like what we typically read. Like I, I thought it would be more horror inspired, not really honestly kind of reads like a slice of life, honestly, but like, you know, it's (laughs) fine. So yeah, so that's kind of what led me to choose this book, basically hearing about it like years ago and being like, okay, let me like follow up on this.
1: Okay. I like this. First of all, we love a real person recommendation. Mm -hmm. Like a real human individual said to you. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Out loud in English that I should read this. Or actually someone else should read this, but I was just you know, there. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) by proxy. (laughs) Right. So I like that. And then what was I going to say? I don't know. I, vampires are fun. I feel like they're a cultural touchstone that's very mm. interesting. And, you know, black lesbian vampire has a very, very interesting take, um, mm. on the trope that I don't know if you've seen before or after, frankly, with a real, right. um, commitment like they have in this book. So mm. found that very interesting. We'll probably discuss it more in the discussion section, but. Before we get to that, Mm -hmm. first of all, I'll do a summary. But before we even get to that, (laughs) Marcy, I have a question. Okay. What is your question, friends? Well, I also think that in another life, I was like a very Vanna White type of person. Like I was like, ding, ding, ding on all the Mm. letters. And Mm. someone was like, I've won Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune. uh <laughs> i love that for you friend cards, love that for you space, right dominoes? <laughs> <laughs> dominoes. <laughs> <laughs> what alternative existence is this i don't know but it's great um okay can you imagine like if instead of like jeopardy was like uno contests uh, like mm. we all watch like people play uno no like the same way we watch people play wheel of fortune it's
0: yeah. gotta be competitive uno somewhere there has to be some sort somewhere. of televised uno competition that is taking place like like that has to be right a thing
1: now. And if not in this universe, like only one universe. over. Oh yeah, like right? in the adjacent like-
0: <laughs> timeline, for sure, for sure. Right. Shit, maybe we'll maybe we'll like- pro in that timeline. You know, like you and I.
1: Oh yeah, I love that. Like we solve climate change.
0: Right. In our tournament, and we just play Uno and rest.
1: Oh yes, I love that. No more capitalistic labor. Okay, anyways, right. so things <laughs> that aren't happening right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not in this lifetime. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and so, in this book, the vampires have special powers, and you know they're powers that people would consider to be somewhat you know envious. yeah, they can manipulate dreams and they can live a long time and heal. Mm you know, all sorts of fun things. But they themselves don't seem to love <laughs> being vampires as is typically the trope.
2: Mm. And so I
1: wanted to ask you, what is a skill set you could be either innate or gained mm-hmm. um, that you have that other people covet in which you find, if maybe you see its benefits, but you, you find it cumbersome or inconvenient, or it mm. maybe has some inconveniences that, perhaps people haven't considered
0: you said a skill that I currently have
1: yeah yeah okay well if you if you you could also go imaginative with it you know if you would prefer
0: got you um oh I like this question let me see (laughs) a skill that I have that people think is great that's actually low-key annoying um or has inconvenient
1: how how much more concisely you put that yeah (laughs) 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 let's
0: see let's see let's see Hmm. (laughs) oh this is so good oh my god why can't i think of anything um (laughs) hmm oh okay yeah i think i uh, but this gets like whatever i'll just say it the first thing that came to mind we we just gonna talk about it so i would say for me okay i think typically people will look at my like you know my personality my affect is like They're like, oh, like, you're, like, extroverted and, like, kind and, like, you know, like, you're able to, like, build connections with other people and, like, you know, things of that nature. Like, that's, like, like, that's all great. Um, And I think along with that, I tend to be someone that, like, tends to kind of do a lot of things. And, like, I, I guess I'm able to sort of balance a lot of things happening at the same time, like, between, like, work and other obligations and shit. But as I... More recently, but really maybe just, like, for the past couple of years, I've been, like, So while you're able to do this, I mean, should you, you know? Like, I think sometimes, like, I – my interest and curiosity to, like, try new things and to kind of, like, reinvent what I – how I spend my time and, like, the skill sets that I'm, like, trying to build. Usually, like, in an artistic sense, like, I feel like Mm. I I tend to get very, like, oh, like, let's just, like, do all of it. Like, we're just going to fucking do all of it, which is great. But then it also can just, like, lead to situations where I'm, like – Something that should be more resti- restful or, or sort of seamless uh, starts to almost become, like, mm. laborious in a way or it feels, like, more taxing because it's, like, I-, I feel like I'm just not balancing it as much or maybe I'm just, like, overcommitting to things. So I feel like it's one of those okay. things where it's, like, people will sometimes look at me and be like, oh, my God, you've done so many d- different things and, like, you've, like, I don't know, traveled and, like, done all this shit. And all of this things, all of these things I'm, like, very grateful for, of course. Like, you know, like, that's dope. But also I'm, like... Mm-hmm. I also, though, wish things were simpler. I also am trying to actively make my life simpler. Mm. Like, I'm like, let's just make things easier. And, like, what if we just didn't have to balance that much? Like, what if we were just holding things in two, like, just in two plates and not, like, eight? Like, I feel like that could be... (laughs) also a really enriching experience you know so like yeah and and, and certainly in a capitalist society where we're always encouraged to do more to never see ourselves as enough to always be in pursuit of something else I think there is like that social reinforcement of like it's good yes keep doing that keep like stretching yourself too thin yes keep like not knowing your boundaries and I'm like ooh feel like that's not serving her it's not serving the doll it's not serving Mm -hmm. the doll anymore (laughs) so we gotta gotta pivot but um but yeah so I would say that's definitely that was like the first that kind of came to my mind as far as like in a fantasy point of view hmm. i feel like i mean i feel like the girls are quick to be like oh the power to fly and like blah, blah blah or like being or invisible or like whatever i feel like if like i don't know if i like uh, like who who's the superhero aqua man that can like swim underwater and shit like you can like just live yes. amongst like fish sh- yeah okay fish. so like having that kind of superpower to just like live underwater i feel like that sounds great but then i'm like do we know what is in the ocean? <laughs> like can we zoom out for a moment? <laughs> Do we, can we acknowledge that most of the ocean we're like we have oh, yeah, we no have black ass black idea ass. Of what is in here. So I'm like so I'm, I'm sorry you're telling me that I'm just living among whatever oh no nope no. but mm-mm. and the further
1: down they get the weirder it gets down there The, the weirder. I mean, weird for us it's weird for us <laughs> light creatures you get down there and you're like this looks insane i have no idea what i'm looking at
0: like what am i like i'm sorry i gotta live among anglerfish i'm supposed to sleep at night knowing right. that anglerfish are adjacent girl sharks Ooh. and
1: shit mm-mm, mm-mm, sharks mm-mm. huge sh- whales and octopi, i'm like and and I'm mm. like, do
0: they sleep, though? Like, I don't think... I'm not convinced that, like, mm-hmm. aquatic animals really sleep like that. So you're just always in a state of terror. That shit sounds awful. That shit literally sounds terrible. It sounds like my worst and nightmare.
1: also, you know, we... You know, like, down... Up here, we've got some tactile advantages. Down there, we are not evolved to be on top of the food chain. Not that you need to be on top, but I'm just saying, like, an, an octopus will take you out real quick. Oh, a yeah. A shark... Wait, wait, you got two hands? Great.
0: Right. Oh, so Opposable cute. thumbs and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, you know how to do calculus? That's so great. Love that for you. But like, is that going <laughs> to help you taxes? in this situation? Wonderful. You know what I mean? Right. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, that does sound like <laughs> oh, a nightmare. I can't think of anything worse. But yeah, no, true. It, it, I really gagged when like someone was like, yeah, I mean, we really don't. Like, we really don't know what's in the ocean, we girl. We know more
1: about space.
0: Which is so wild. Wow. Like, what the fuck is in the ocean? Like, bro, like, like is anyone... Like, are we just...
1: like So we're all just, like, carrying on, not knowing what's no in the... Like, mm-hmm. uh, anyway. um. Well, so that's the thing, though. The pressure is so strong at a certain point that it's just very difficult to be at the bottom of the ocean for a long period of time. I'm pretty sure there's some parts of the ocean we've just never been to. I think the pressure yeah. is too high. I think. I think. I could be wrong.
0: And I'm just like... So, also... What can even live in that? Like, like that much pressure. Like, what? Like
1: completely different creatures. Completely different creatures. Oh,
0: my God. That's so wild.
1: Yeah. It's just funny. Again, and this kind of goes back to, like, some points we had earlier. Like, well, humans, we really, we could do with a little more awe and humility.
2: Mm. You know, we
1: actually, we are just, we're just walking on the surface of this. I mean, if you really think about it, do we know what's happening in the crust? Do we even know what the creatures are doing, you know, a little ways down? We don't know yeah and they always they'll be finding like all sorts of caves that they're like we've never been in this cave you know they go up to Andar- the arctic and they're like we've never been here even. right <laughs> so <laughs> there's there's a lot of mystery to the world um i thought though you were gonna say something like being a, like a merman is terrible because you're like covered in like you know you're very like slick and wet all the time <laughs> like, yeah like no one ever talks about that, but you went <laughs> a completely different direction, and I appreciate it. <laughs> <that.
0: laughs> Thanks, Boo. Um, but what about you?
1: Yeah, so my real life one is something that I only recently have learned is a bit of an inconvenience, which is I have a really good memory, like a strangely good memory, not so not okay. much after covid Yeah, so it's, like, why, like, I was a history major in college. Like, I used to be able in, like, high school to just, like, memorize all of history and, like, do all the trivia questions to the point that it was, like, kind of absurd. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, like, if you ask me to remember something about your life, I can remember in, like, strange detail. Or if you tell me something about yourself and I was paying attention, I will be able to, like, recite that back to you. And, It wasn't that weird at first until I got a little older and realized that people do not have that good of memory. Mm. And I think it's what started to I think it was like past 2026 20, is when people really started to get a little freaked out by it because they would tell me something. It'd be small things, like their favorite song or their like favorite type of coffee. Mm-hmm. And then I would later say like, well, I know that your favorite copy is this. And they would look at me like I read their mind or like gone through Mm. their trash or something. And they're like looking at me with this like unnerved, like, how do you know that? And I'm like, you told me. And they're like, when would I have told you that? And I was like, in this specific instance at this time. And then they're like, it's not making me feel more comforted that you also remember the Mm. context in which I told you this information. And so then I think people think, well, that's really great because you always have the receipts about what happened. And I'm like, eh because living is a shared experience. So if you don't remember, and I do, whether or not it happened is now up for debate. Mm. <laughs> when is up for debate, there's really no... All it does is make everyone kind of unnerved. <laughs> it doesn't really solve anything. And mm. it would, I used to think that if I offered more facts about the time in which whatever occurred happened, that would help alleviate the stress. It does not. It actually has it, never... Yeah. <laughs> alleviated any stress anyone felt about me remembering something with intense detail. Um, And then it also... So then on the flip side, it's not great remembering everything because I feel like other people are more able to let things go.
0: Oh, that's real.
1: So for me, I feel like my present is much longer than most people's. Mm. Like, So that can be really hard because... I, I'll, i like, be talking about something as if it's still the present, whereas when people are like, I consider that the past. And I think everyone actually has differing ideas of what a present moment looks like mm-hmm. in varying degrees. But most of them fall inside a certain, like, average mean <laughs> that everyone is kind of, like, in agreement on. Mm-hmm. So I just noticed that mine is just, like, a little longer than most people's, which feels sometimes like I'm going at a different living pace than other people. Um, now with COVID, we probably all are on our own little spinning time, you know, of existence and understanding and past, Mm -hmm. present and future. But yeah, so that's really, it does, it just, it does make it clear that time is much more, you know, it's times not real, but it does make it more obvious that it's like a more of a cause and effect situation that we're actually experiencing. Um, Anyway, so that's my weird thing. Uh, <laughs>
0: gotcha. That's really would you say that you have a memory such that you can like recall like everything or like most things?
1: Not everything. Not most things, because I know some people can remember everything. Mm-hmm. I just I, I think it's just more than the statistical average. Like for instance, when gotcha. I do our historical context. A lot of those times I'm pulling like, like a decent bit from memory. And then I'm like, I should check that because I'm about to tell people hmm. <laughs> over the airwaves. So I should probably make sure that I'm right about that. And I'm pretty right. I mean, I I can make I, I make small mistakes. Like I called the, the seven years war and a hundred years war in one of our episodes, But, like, that, Mm. besides that, like, it's pretty, yeah, like, so it's not that I can remember everything, thank God. And I wouldn't even say I have, like, an acute memory, but it definitely is more than average.
0: Mm. Gotcha, that makes sense, that makes sense.
1: Huh? Yeah, but not as useful as you would think, not as useful as you would think.
0: Interesting, interesting. Yeah, even as you say it, I'm like, yeah, like, I mean, to be able to remember everything, I mean, I I feel like sometimes I, I would say I have, like, a fine memory. I feel like, um... Hmm. I wouldn't say that I'm particularly forgetful, but sometimes I do wish I remembered things more. But also to your point, like, it's just like, damn, like, yeah, if you really just remembered everything, it's like, sheesh. I mean, you remember everything. Um, I don't know. I feel like that could, yeah, get easily. Yeah, to your point about, like, just moving on, I feel like that can make that really hard. It's like you just kind of keep replaying things. Yeah, so. Yeah, hmm.
1: yeah. Interesting. It's probably a trauma response in there somewhere too. But anyway, yeah. on my fantastical one, I think, um, so my, it's the, it's, it's the one where you can read people's minds, which comes up in this book. I think it's a terrible skill. I think it's a terrible, (laughs) terrible situation. (laughs) Absolutely not. I do not want to know what you're thinking. I never want to know what other people are thinking. I mean, okay, on a rare occasion, I do really want to know. But Mm -hmm. here's the thing. It's never satisfactory. Like, it's never deeply satisfying to know if someone will just tell you. And if they're not going to tell you, I don't know. And then the the off, you know, the side effect is you have to hear all these other people. Like, Mm. I don't (laughs) know. i don't need to know what everyone is thinking like this seems like a recipe for being angry i that's fair i i think and
0: also it gets to the point where and i actually was thinking about this with this book like what's the line between being able to read someone's thoughts and just straight up being manipulative af you know like because it's just like right that's That's i mean you could easily if knowing how people think like kind of move yourself differently to like kind of you know Mm. carry more favor with them but what's interesting is uh, for me i will say sometimes i would i'd love to be able to turn it on and off like i love to mostly have it be off but like if i was just like oh i don't know this boy is cute like is he feeling me like i don't know like i don't know next time we interact let me just like see like (laughs) what he's thinking you know like like uh, silly shit like that i feel like i'd be down for like if i like got someone a gift, like it'd be like oh like do they actually like it or are they just like bullshit and you know like i feel like small things like that i might want to like peek I love the ability to peek, but I wouldn't want to just be able to I read think, your mind all the fucking time.
1: I feel like the, once you start peeking, you open up a door. That's fair. You're not going to stop, you know. And then also, how much does it change? First of all, like, we're not our thoughts, right? You know, the the um, sanctuary of our mind is exactly that, you know. It's the, um, what's it called? The laboratory of our, like... Selves, like you, should be allowed Mm -hmm. to experiment in your mind without with with complete freedom. Once people can read minds, it takes that away, right? Like you cannot become because there's there's the part of you that thinks a thought, and then there's a part of you that chooses whether or not to express it. Mm -hmm. And isn't that part of you just as much you as the thought? And maybe even more so than the thought running through your mind, right? So it's like, would you say truly that you really knew the person based on what they thought if Mm -hmm. you never gave them the chance? To right. express to you what they chose to tell you.
2: That's fair.
0: That I don't know. That's a it's a beautiful question, and I will say, um, just random. But wasn't there like an anime based off of this, like where it's like folks were living in a society where like their thoughts could be read, and like if you read, so- no, I think I'm mixing up the premise. I think the premise was like, like there was a AI something that could predict what someone's social function would be in society later on, and based on that, like Is it was this a minority determ- report yes this sounds accurate because basically there was this idea of like oh is this person going to become a criminal and like if the if the fucking algorithm or whatever said yes then like you know they would like persecute or kill that person or something like that it was something like that. i never watched it but i just remember like hearing about it
1: yes that's definitely minority report and also that sucks <laughs> Like that's yeah like a police
0: zero out of ten you know like that just sounds like super not fun you know wow.
1: yeah if like the the uno (laughs) television television marathon is one multiverse right minority report is another one like let's move towards uno
0: (laughs) right just play uno shit um and just like enjoy our lives goddamn anyway But yes, but speaking of drawing four, we're going to take a break. (laughs) um, And then when we get back, we'll get into the plot summary for the first part of Gilda Stories. And yeah, we'll make it work from there.
1: Are. Woo. Alright, y'all. So, 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 so. Like we said, this is gonna get very vampiric. Uh, there's a little, you know what, quick trigger warning for a sexual assault at the beginning. It's only mm-hmm. like the first three pages of the book, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it is the like catalyzing action. And it it is, it's not like a not graphic scene. It's yeah. not like Deeply graphic, but it is well written, and you know, a well written sexual assault scene is just uncomfortable to read. (laughs) Like it just, it makes you feel, yeah, yeah, not good. So that's off the bat. But we'll read it quickly and keep going. So Mm -hmm. the book starts off in 1850s Louisiana, and they kind of jump between place and time in this book. But this is where it starts, and it begins with an unnamed girl who is named the girl. And she's hiding in a barn after basically having run away from the plantation she was enslaved on. And I believe it was in Mississippi. And I believe she has a few sisters and a mother who don't really come up again in this first half. Yeah. And so she's having recurring memories of her mother and her sisters. And while she's hiding out, um, a white man basically comes into the farm, the barn, and (sighs) tries to rape her because... Life is not hard enough as it is. Yeah. In the antebellum South. But luckily she manages to stab him with a knife and he um dies and she escapes. And this weighs heavily on her because she is literally like twelve, maybe. So she's a bit traumatized by it mm-hmm. and this kind of affects the way she navigates the world going forward but she's found by Gilda, who is a white lesbian vampire that's been alive and basically just living for the last 300 years and mm-hmm. uh Gilda takes her to this hotel that's called the woodard place and i you know um is it a hotel is it a brothel it sounds to me <laughs> what it is is that it's a brothel yeah and she takes in Wayward women who have no real social power and they are like, will be living a life of destitution. And she mm-hmm. takes them here and protects them, but also it's still a brothel. I don't know, I'm always conflicted about this because this is like a trope a lot in past books where the brothel is a safe haven for women. And I do not doubt the truth of that. It just also kind of sucks. Yeah. So anyway, that's footnotes with Ako at Witterd. She meets a bunch of different folks. She meets this woman named Bernice, this other girl named um, Milta, who's about her age. Rachel, who ends up moving to California. Bird, who's a Lakota woman, who is Gilda's lover, and they kind of run the house together. And Bird mm-hmm. also, who teaches the girl how to read, and they just have a really close relationship. So the girl grows up on Witterd, and she's like cleaning rooms and doing chores and learning how mm-hmm. to, you know, read and navigate the different languages of you know 1850s louisiana Mm -hmm. and the thing so the thing about the house is like it's a bit odd you get the sense from the beginning that it's a bit strange and even the neighbors and everyone they like tolerate the house (laughs) and and even bernice and milta like and the people inside tolerate the house and the safety provided for it but they're all a bit there there's a there's a certain oddity if you will about it mm. while the girl is just like i'm happy i'm good <laughs> no danger here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> having a good good time so however you know the silver war is approaching and it's it's getting kind of scary and no one really knows what to do rachel eventually is like i'm going to california milt is like i'm going to join her i don't really want to do this war thing and the talk mm-hmm. is just getting like really you know whatever it's everyone's pretty sure it's about to happen So then one day, like, while the girl is just minding her own business, like, gardening and having a good life, Milta kind of... Mm Hints that she is going to leave and that maybe the girl should come with her. And the girl's like, like picking turnips and she's like, Why? <laughs> and is like, because possibly there's something odd and spooky about the house. And the girl's like cutting the two turnips and she's like, I do nothing. <laughs> and just like They're vampires. <laughs> no, she doesn't say that. But she's like, I'm gonna head out um to California. And the girl's like still kind of confused. She goes back inside the house and Bernice, who is kind of an older sister to her and reminds her more of her mom Says, gives a similar sentiment and the girl just proceeds to ignore all of it. Right. Um, Which is a theme. So <laughs> later, Gilda and Bird take the girl out to this farm. And so the, the other subtext here is that Gilda and Bird seem to really focus on the girl in a way that at first seems a little unnerving you're like what's going on here yeah but and then you're like maybe it's like they they want a family and that's kind of the girl's point too she's like i don't know i'm glad to be here and be part of family and i'll stay as long you, as you guys will have me and mm-hmm. you know she maybe there's a lot of subtext here we don't always know what the girl is thinking at this point in the book but mm-hmm. so they so but but bird and gilda are very happy that she wants to stay with them so one day they like go off to this farm somewhere and You know, it seems like it's like a nice, magical, fun time full of laughter and happiness. Mm -hmm. And then Gilda takes the girl off to the side and is like, hey, you know, we're vampires. (laughs) That's basically her point. Um, And... I have been a vampire for a very long time, but they're a different type Mm -hmm. of vampire. So they, they don't, they suck blood. They do do that. So they're not that different. (laughs) Right. But in exchange, (laughs) don't get, the premise is still the same. But instead of like the sort of, I guess, predatory relationship with people, it's almost like this, they, it's like this life exchange. And so they like exchange taking blood for like giving, helpful thoughts Mm. they can all read minds so they like enter your thoughts and then like give you some reassurance like if you're like man am i gonna you know is my test gonna go well and they're like i can see that you really studied <laughs> your test is gonna go well I like, I we're still gonna suck your you're blood but like
0: you're gonna get an Aces. and it's like okay great <laughs>
1: right it's <laughs> right right so it's hard to say or like you're like man i sure do have anxiety and they're like oh i found the part of you that's anxious and i've now quilled it forever and you're like oh wow that's really helpful but like as you can see from the premise <laughs> this is like a very easily <laughs> destructive power right and arguably just because you decide it's in someone's best interests to like quill their anxiety may may not be right may not be mm. your call to make. Right. Um but anyway, as Gilda's explaining all that, the girl is nodding her head, strangely very calm about the fact that this is happening. And Gilda's like, here's the thing, kiddo. And she's like, mm-hmm, has the turnips from earlier. <laughs> I don't want to live anymore. <laughs> I don't. It's been a really long time. I've lived a long time and I have never seen the world get better. You know, and this war that's coming, from war, basically. And she's like, and this war that's coming, I feel, is the same. And the girl's like, no, 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 because this time we're gonna sp- we're sp- freeing the enslaved people. So this time it's going to be different. And Gilda's mm. like, why do we need war <laughs> for that why right. wouldn't we have just done that why why did we enslave people in the first place right the girl's like i'm 12 i don't know no at this point she's like 17 but she's like i don't know man i've been here 17 years easy i don't know all the answers to everything mm-hmm. it was like well if you find beauty in people you know and if you find beauty in life like do you want to be a vampire and you're i'm i'm if i turn you i i pass and like do you do you want to do that? So the girl acquiesces um somewhat. Yes, mm-hmm. maybe, sure. And then Gilda passes and then Bird comes back and realizes that her lover has passed and that this girl, the girl, is now a vampire whose name is now Gilda. And Bird is conflicted about this because she's now mm-hmm. lost her lover and she knows that and, and, you know, the girl, who now strangely has, like, deep wisdoms, <laughs> is like, this is what Gilda has always wanted. And this will make her happy. <laughs> and you can't deny this from her. And we're all like, where is this coming from? Right. Like, like, Do
0: you is have this enough context to like... <laughs> Right.
1: But apparently it's like time. No, it does make sense, though. Time is, is fluid. And it's not, you know, it's not. Once you're a vampire, everything changes. And, and she's, Bird should know this. But Bird's like, I'm in my feelings right now. But I will teach you how to be a vampire. So she teaches her for a while. And then we get a time skip. So skip to 1890 and we're in a town called Yerba Buena in California. Mm-hmm. And Gilda, who was previously the girl, um, has traveled to West California to take residence with this, this man named Sorrel because Bird told her to. And mm-hmm. so we learned that Bird actually left and was like, I got to go back to my home and my family. Mm -hmm. um and even though her she has a tenuous relationship with her family because she's a vampire (laughs) right but um but so gilda is deeply saddened by this right because that was that's like her her family that's her only family and so she after like being greatly you know saddened by this she gives the house to like bernice's Daughter in law, or something, Bernice's kin, um, yeah. who's probably like, <laughs> and they've been there like 35 years, and none of them have aged So she gets a kid, and then she takes off to California to hang out with Sorrell. And Sorrell's with this guy named Anthony, who is a baby, a vampire, or is They're, both vampires. Vampire. <laughs> they're, they're both, both vampires. They're both vampires. Yes. They're all in the family. And I think they're both white men, maybe.
0: I think that's accurate. I would say that's accurate. Yes.
1: Yes, but they so they so but the thing about vampires or at least these guys is they all see the vampire family as one family. So Gilda is this black woman who's just like traveling through California and shows up and they're like giving her all this stuff. They're like come stay with us you're our family and everyone in town's like i know this is, we're racist out here so we yeah, like, what's going we don't, on
0: we don't like this also aren't y'all kind of racist <laughs> and they're like probably the child like she one of us so <laughs> whatever yeah
1: i don't know sorel and Anna, it seemed like they've been vampires for so long they just they don't really it's interesting the race dynamic is interesting because they don't really seem to care <laughs> um yeah but they do understand everyone seems to understand everyone understands the dynamic of racism it's interesting so anyway so they're hanging out, you know, having a good time. She's telling them about Bird who left, like, mysteriously years ago. And Anthony mm-hmm. and Sorella are like, you can finish your vampire training with us. And we know that Gila just basically has been, like, traveling all this time, sometimes hiding out as a man so she can, like, travel more freely.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, she is hoping that, like, Anthony and Sorrel have more answers about Bird, but they're mostly, like... Look, y'all, we're vampires. If someone wants to... Who can read people's minds and talk te- telepathically. If we want to tell someone something, <laughs> we'll mm-hmm. get to you. We're basically a cell phone call away in, in the 1890s. Um, <laughs> oh, we also learned that Sorel and Anthony have a friend, question mark, named Eleanor, who is basically <laughs> trouble, chaos. Yes. Um, <laughs> correct. Um, correct. But she is... I don't know. She's, she's just like, yeah, she just causes, she's a vampire and she's basically, she uses her vampire p- ways in the way you would normally assume someone would use them. Mm-hmm. And so there's this whole little story and they, it seemed innocent. So she sets eyes on Gilda and I believe Eleanor is a white woman. And she's yes. like, Gilda's going to be my best friend. Me and Gilda. This is us hanging out. Mm-hmm. And at first, it was like, this is great. I'm having a great time. I'm having a great time. But then Sorel's like, don't trust Eleanor because Eleanor mm-hmm. cares only about herself. And was like, you don't know that. Nobody knows that. And Sorel's like, I'm just looking at my watch and how long I've been here and how long I've known Eleanor. And I'm just looking at your watch, which you don't have, <laughs> and how long you've known Eleanor, which is no time at all. I just really think you should trust me on this. And she's like, right. hmm. And it's funny because well, like birds
0: it's around. like i mean literally read eleanor's mind right now and they're like and eleanor's just thinking like yeah like i just like to stir up mess and like cause bullshit and like gilda's like i mean it could be opposite day like literally like it's just like <laughs> girl like the clues are all there but whatever um
1: <laughs> right so then while they're hanging out one day her and eleanor who she should be avoiding but isn't they come across <laughs> and they warned her and they're like you know what she did to samuel and she's like samuel she's like hmm, samuel and she's like i don't know what she did to samuel and they're like so what it sounds like is she uh, – Samuel had a wife, and then she kind of just gone in and, like, made them both fall in love with her. And then she may have turned one into a vampire, I think the wife. And then Samuel got freaked out, not because he was afraid of vampires, but because he was in love with Eleanor. And so then he kills his wife, which I think made him into a vampire. I think and so, so now too. I think Eleanor in- yeah, yeah, we, we're, we're gleaning. It wasn't clearly stated, but from our, yeah. what we understood, Samuel is now internally attached to Eleanor because technically I think it's her blood that made his wife a vampire, who he then maybe killed and then became a vampire himself. Anyway, so... Now, Samuel's basically obsessed with Eleanor, which comes out one day when she, Gilda, and um, Eleanor are hanging out, and Samuel rolls up and tries to kill her. And Gilda's like, um, I'm just looking at the scripts. I'm just looking at the (laughs) script that says, I don't die today. Now, right. and Sam's like, uh, maybe we can change the script. And Eleanor's like, kill him. Have you considered killing him? And Gilda's like, well, this escalated quickly. What do you mean, kill him? And Eleanor's like, I don't know. I just thought I had a random thought maybe that maybe you could just have you considered killing him? And Eleanor's like, you and Gilda's like, you are really <laughs> insistent upon something that nobody was talking about, Eleanor. And so, so meanwhile, while she's having this discussion with Eleanor, Samuel just like keeps trying to hit her over the head with a bat. And Gilda's like, you keep. Interrupting me and is like throwing him against the wall, mm-hmm. and eventually she's like, and she's like basically downs Sam, and she's like, look Eleanor, I'm not going to kill your man for you. If you want him dead, you are also a vampire. You right. can handle it. Slavery ended. We don't do we. We don't got to do that. Yeah. So she walks away and she goes back to <laughs> to the back to where Cyril and Anthony are, and she's like, don't <laughs> say anything, <laughs> and they're just like nodding their heads. Mm.
0: So yeah. And so, I mean, obviously, Eleanor, bad news bear is like, truly, like, I mean, couldn't have been more suspiciously Mm. written. I mean, literally, there was a moment where, like, Eleanor and um, Gilda were hanging out. And, like, Gilda was like, yeah, like, I had to kill a man once because, you know, to, like, save my own life. And Eleanor was like, "Oh wait, like, tell me more about that. Like, she, like, leaned in, was, like, damn near salivating to hear more. And, like, Gilda's like, that was kind of weird. But, like, I mean, Eleanor's, like, real cute. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Um... (laughs) But we, but I will say, there is um, an interesting divide here that we see in that story, and that basically, you know, there is this divide between vampires, where, like, you know, you have the ones like mm. Gilda, Bird, Anthony, Sorel, who are like, okay, like, yes, do we have to feast on people? Yes, but, like, let's at least try to, like, you know, believe in their dreams and shit like that, and yeah, some of them are just into the mess of it all. Some of them are like Eleanor, and they just, they like the terror, the 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 fear that they can kind of, like, bring up in people, so... Right. And I think there was a question to be asked around, like, you know, when it comes to living on an immortal plane, like, how does that how does that affect your own morals? Like, how does that affect like mm-hmm. you know the way you even see your proximity to people? Do you even see people as people, or are you just like, oh well, girl, they're going to all die anyway? So like, I'm the only thing with permanence or right. relevance here, you know? So like, it's just it's just interesting, kind of seeing that divide. But anyway, Gilda was not pressed thinking about this shit, and in the next <laughs> chapter, we see Gilda in a place called Rosebud, Missouri, in 1921. <clears throat> So essentially what we're starting to gather in this story is that I mean it's truly the Gilda stories, like we're just seeing her in different periods of her time. We're like yeah. we're we're basically in each chapter, she kinda is living like a different life. So in this one, um in 1921, Rosebud, Missouri, she's living like a, a fairly remote life. I guess like just living with like Sorrel and Anthony and them. Like she was just getting too caught up. So Gilda was like, Listen, I'm just <laughs> I'm just gonna like be here fairly anonymous. Um and everyone in town kind of knew her as like this um this widow to i guess like a guy that no one's ever heard of because like the guy like literally doesn't exist frankly the only reason they even (laughs) think that she's a widow is because like she showed up at church one day dressed up in i guess what's considered widow's garb and and no one really asked further questions (laughs) beyond that Um, so like i guess gilda's a widow anyway whatever basically but um gilda has a quote-unquote special friend so like lover Mm -hmm. named aurelia who's actually a widow and she and gilda actually become like close confidants ever since Aurelia's husband died
1: died. he was a real person
0: yeah like actually had a husband was a real person Um, also used to be a minister (laughs) which will come up momentarily but basically Aurelia's in this interesting station where you know she you know by way of this marriage you know had a lot of like financial resources and things like that but like you know she was very like Mm -hmm. restricted as far as what she could do when she was actually when she was actually married to her husband but now that he's gone like she has like this this independence she got this money she and Gilda hanging out like I mean they getting real, mm-hmm. you know, real, 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 real close. And so Aurelia's <laughs> out here living. She, I mean, chilling. So yeah. you know, basically, we learn in the story that Gilda actually ended up staying with Sorel and Anthony for like fifty fucking years. Um, like she was yeah. like, yeah, girl, I don't know where the time went. Like, child has woke up in it's been fifty years. And I'm like, I guess when you're a vampire, you can like just be somewhere for fifty years. and be like, sheesh. Mm-hmm. Um, guess that's a lot. Um, so basically, she ended up actually moving to Missouri only a couple of years ago. And she's actually still looking for Bird. Yes, the same Bird from Chapter 1 who was there when she, when Gilda became a vampire. Like, that same one she has not communicated with in damn near six decades. And she's, like, still looking for her. So, at this point, you know, Gilda's like, okay, like, I need to find Bird. I need to, like, you know, kind of create some semblance of family. But she's also really conflicted because she's like, you know, Aurelia is, like, really cute like i don't know like we like mm-hmm. this is the first relationship she's had in a while it, it seems as though this is the first i guess romantic relationship yes. she's had in a while that's like feeling this reciprocal and like very healthy and she's like wow aurelia is like really dope um mm-hmm. and so gilda's like conflicted because she's like wait i could i mean i could turn aurelia into a vampire so we could just like love each other forever which yes technically is an option but gilda thankfully was like you know that is a much more intense decision i mean being a vampire comes with it just sort of this ingrained isolation right it's hard to be in a in a yeah. in a society where it's like everyone around you was aging and, and getting older and dying eventually and and you just aren't right you're staying the same age yeah. you have this like superhuman strength like it's like it, you are kind of sort of an outcast in a lot of ways and in a lot of these societies and so and yeah. also like how do you even talk about this like how do you say to someone like oh yeah like i literally have to like feed off the blood of people like every like two nights you know what i mean like and i just like live forever like well right. you know like it's just there's there's and
1: i would like you also to have to feed off of the blood of people
0: exactly of life
1: to be with me right
0: consider is a if that's not like too much of an inconvenience i can like follow up later but like yeah just let me know if that's like reasonable for you and your team you know like <laughs> what the fuck like how do you have that conversation so guilt is like how do you have that conversation And so and also right. Aurelia's is out here living like you know she yeah. is like she's trying to like start this like um you know this social service project um with like a local indigenous group. Like she has like a lot of connections mm-hmm. in the community. She's just like really well respected and like well resigned. Black
1: farmers, we're right. displaced people.
0: hmm And so Gilda's like, yeah, Aurelia's out here, like, I mean, she's she's all she's only been in Missouri, right? Like so she has this like very ingrain, ingrained sense of community. And so she's like, I mean, even if like we get on now. I mean, who's to say that if I turn you into a vampire, that things are going to stay the same. I mean, frankly, Samuel, right, right. Um, Eleanor's old, whatever, like, you know, I mean, he kind of involuntarily became a vampire and has been suffering ever since. So basically Gilda was just kind of like, you know what? Like, maybe we shouldn't do this um yeah. and I will say reading it I was like this is giving all, like almost like a like an irresponsible like I'm just gonna ghost you type energy for like a second but then Gilda was like girl okay I can actually cannot just ghost Aurelia and just like not say shit so basically she ends up writing her a letter and is like oh like I'm a vampire um I know like it's like wild like lol anyway um so like here's like the story of my entire life this is why we cannot be together <laughs> <laughs> and yeah just want to at least have you know what's going on because basically aurelia was like okay you're saying you don't want to be with me but like what's the reason like give me the reason mm-hmm. and Gilda was like you have so much to live for and aurelia was like i mean that is both true and please explain to me why the fuck we can't be together like what <laughs> like, so you also
1: have so much to live for <laughs> right
0: and so like she's like that's literally not a reason like you're just like, like that's like just being like oh like there's like y- you i don't know like have chairs in your house and it's like that's an irrelevant detail that has no impact on our relationship like what the fuck are you talking about so basically gilda like writes this letter to aurelia we never actually see her give her the letter but it's assumed that like she does give it to her one day um and like a fatal
1: mistake say writing on paper that yeah i'm like gilda do you want to do this in
2: writing
1: Mm, it feels like something you could tell someone like just like sitting there in the morning and like hey i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna leave I'm a vampire, and then you just, then you just go. Like I feel like, yeah. Anyway,
0: I mean, you write that shit down, and you're like, yeah, I'm a vampire. Lol, love Gilda. Now, motherfuckers gonna be like, Gilda (laughs) is a goddamn
1: vampire. Like, what the fuck? anyone can read your mail during this time like, not, like
0: anybody was... can read your shit like you, ugh. you can't even be like oh i didn't write that it's like girl like i mean all we do is write <laughs> shit like we know what your handwriting <laughs> looks like, like oh, girls 1921 have, go
1: get your other letters <laughs> exactly
0: the fuck oh my god no gilda yeah she might have made a horrible mistake but anyway she was like for love <laughs> i will risk it all which girl i guess anyway basically um chapter we only read to chapter four but basically chapter three ends with Gilda being like I'm going to leave yet again um and also uh, for, with an update in that she actually has heard from Bird so Bird for the first time <sighs> in 50 years has been like Gilda I know you're out there looking for me like child where are you at so we're it's assumed oh. the two of them will reconnect very soon mm-hmm. so yeah so that's how part 1 ends so we're going to take a break and when we get back we'll get into our book club questions thoughts feelings etc
1: Ooh. And we're back. Mhm. Awesome. So, I, as we said, our new thing is that we don't do thoughts and feelings. We do questions like a real book club. That's right. Mm-hmm. A, where it's a real book club. Jiminy Crickets over there telling us to let our conscience be our guide. <laughs> um, yes. Anyway, so the first <laughs> question to the group, which is really just me and Marcy, is um, <laughs> black female vampire. That's a take on a mm-hmm. trope that typically is not black, sometimes female. Mm -hmm. I guess is always a vampire since that's the trope. But how do you feel that that changes, you know, just the trope? And having her as the main character, as the point of focus.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, I, I love, 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 love this question. So as far as how having this queer black woman be this, you know, the vampire, the main character, how it changes the trope. I think it adds a much needed historical and social analysis to the ability to mm. live so long um it's funny i i remember you actually said this i don't know if you said this on the mic or we just talked about this like separately in like our real everyday lives but like i remember you were talking about a show where like there was like some white guy that was like a vampire or some other immortal creature and in the show there was no real analysis of like so, you're just like alive during like slavery. Did you like stop shit? Did you like do anything? Like, there's like almost like this gloss over, like, I've just lived forever. And it's like, okay, but like, what does that mean as far as like your ideology? It's like, girl, you've lived forever. Like, bro, like,
1: exactly. Are you,
0: are you, are you like a goddamn like civil, like Civil War apologist type? You know what I mean? Like, like, what is this? So, I think that it ha- seeing her go through time and also just seeing how like, You know, because of her ability to live so long, like, Gilda is able to, and we see it more so in Chapter 3, is able to kind of access a bit more capital. Like, I feel like she has more, like, having the ability to travel, to kind of Mm -hmm. have, like, you know, having superhuman strength and things of that nature. Like, she's able to, I mean, she's still, I mean, obviously very deeply affected by, like, oppression, but, like she has a certain detachment from the things and a a certain freedom, right, to just kind of, like, be herself and do her thing that does afford her a bit more, like, you know, financial and economic resources through time, which also, of course, is going to impact how it is that she views the social context at the time because it's like, okay, like, Mm -hmm. if you are in this, like, sort of, like, higher socioeconomic status or at least, like, in a more comfortable socioeconomic status, I mean, that was not the reality for Black people, period. So, like, it's just, like, that's just kind of... Like you're you're in this interesting space that kind of gives you um it's just kind of like a nuanced take on things. So I think I mean, certainly it kind of adds a social commentary for sure. I think also, too, like the there's a question around in exchange which I think is really interesting in this book mm. as far as like how to actually be a vampire because before is i mean it's i mean it's literally one sided you've sucked all my shit away and that's it like you satiate your hunger and i'm just left with less or dead yeah. or whatever right um and i think this idea especially having gilda well gilda you know previously the girl learn from gilda i guess number 1 and also like bird <laughs> you know women who also we're sort of navigating this within uh, also a social context that was marginalizing them too. like, it's like, okay, like having this additional Mm -hmm. power, what are some ways in which we can use this in a way that is perhaps a bit more restorative? Also, also doing so in a way that's, that's kind of irrespective of the identities of whoever it is that they're feeding off of. Right. So there's no like sense of like, if you're of, you know, if you're black, we feed off you this way. If you're, it's it's just kind of like, okay, whoever we're like, feeding off of, like, how can we leave them a little bit better off? Or the very least, a bit more, if if they're someone who's deeply seated in racism or whatever, like, leaving them with, like, more of, like, a sense of compassion or, like, empathy or something that, like, kind of Mm -hmm. hopefully sources some level of social good there's still an argument to be made that like this feels almost like this could just be a way of soothing one sense of you know like mm. guilt in having to do this right because i mean we're not seeing this from the people's point of view like all we're just seeing is, is from gilda's right so it's like she's like oh like i like left them with a pleasant dream and it's like i mean that sounds nice but like that person was probably fucking terrified it was probably like girl what the fuck right. is going on so or
1: like, you know the innate sense that someone's invaded your mind exactly Probably in and of itself yeah
0: so it's just one of those things where i think it does add a. I I think the the exchange piece is really interesting it kind of levels the playing field a little bit and at the very least makes it so that it's not so transactional so one-sided um and and almost seeing it as a form of like i won't say care feels like a lot but maybe just like Mm. trying to leave things a little bit better than before it's like okay if i have to suck your blood i might as well at least not be shitty about it you know like which i think also yeah is a consideration that you'd be more likely to have if you yourself knew what it was like to just you know be socially fucked over in all these different ways so yeah um what are your thoughts what do you think friend
1: yeah i i think there's so i think there's a lot of really cool stuff here um i want to touch on everything you talked about and i think that you know Yes, one, we did have that conversation. I was referring specifically to like the Vampire Diaries and also to Twilight, which strangely uh, has yes. a lot of Southern southern gentleman vampires who may or may not have been involved <laughs> in the Confederacy. And it's like, right. why are we doing this? And has no, I mean, we can do it, but I think we got to talk about it. I think True Blood is also set in the South with vampires who may or may not have been involved in the Confederacy. And, see, you know, all mm-hmm. of it misses exactly that point of (laughs) the time and place that they're in and what that means and the implications regardless of of whatever your stance is you still have to address the time period you live in right Right. and 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 uh, for a lot of these books they'll address the other time periods (laughs) they live in you know but they they don't they don't have a lot to say on that specific one so so this trope being a vampire in a black queer woman's body is, is, is much more, it has a completely different social place. Her, where she's accessing, right? Like people come to her with a certain level of violence that now she does not have to be scared of. <laughs> because she right. She really can kind of combat them on a physical level, which, you know, if you just look at how that differentiates from her at the beginning of the book, right? Like mm. that's, that already is a social disruption if a white man and the antebellum self is a vampire well a white man in the antebellum self is, is who's rich and has you know enslaved people is already like vampiric you know? right <laughs> come on come on is <laughs> this is not too different this privilege of taking is not too different but to your point to come from this marginalized place where a lot of them are coming from gilda the first gilda bird uh, hose Lakota, and then um the girl You know, they have a completely different understanding of what it means to be in relationship with people. And so, you know, it it almost interestingly takes on this more nature and the circle of life kind of thing, as opposed to where you see vampires as a more oppressive take transactional thing. So it's like they it feels to me like as vampires are almost more like nature than the humans are. It's it's always a strange thing where they understand animals better, where they're like the trees. Like in a way, and like kind of to my point about time earlier, in a way, you know, they become like the same way like one of the Great Lakes is very old and time moves differently. Mm -hmm. For a vampire, in the same way it moves differently. And they take that, and, and so it comes to the question about morality for someone who lives a longer time Mm. and there's one way to say that like oh well because they live so long you know they don't have the moral conundrums of someone who lives younger but at the same time because they live so long they don't have the moral conundrums of evil (laughs) they do not have Mm. to of those who live less time because if i live for a thousand years why am i going to care about racism Right? Like, why should I care about these discrepancies? These, these, these seems things seems can, if you allow them to, seem silly. <laughs> and at the same time, there's this deep love because they have this exchange with people. They keep their humanity and they have this deep, almost love for, for people and animals and everything. Right. They're, they're almost like, I like to be around people to still, feel them and understand them it keeps me tethered to this reality and i think that's not any less true with people it's almost like in a way like our our oppressive nature our privileges make us more monstrous (laughs) than Mm. say a vampire which is part of the trope you know in the modern day but i think this this one does it really well i also think that Similarly, first of all, this book was written in 1990. I don't want people to play around when it comes to history because they actually have a lot of factual history correct that we only learned in the 2000s later. So I think people just need to be really conscious of how quickly the, you know, the present can make it seem like a history was never talked about when it was. Mm, So for instance, mm. the Lakota history that Bird brings up. People presently are like, this is a history that wasn't taught. But you have to remember, was not taught to who? Who Oof. wasn't taught it? Right. And why were they not taught it? And it's this book. I mean, people read this book in the 90s, so they knew <laughs> Even people who were not indigenous. So and even now for us, you know, with a lot of the banning on books and a lot of things that cannot be taught in school, You just be careful because in 10 years, they might say things like things that we were taught, (laughs) say that those things were not taught. And you're like, hold on. (laughs) So that was really cool to see for me personally and to just see that Lakota history and that Black history in there and that BIPOC relationships, for better or for worse, right, um, together was really, I thought that was really brilliant. Mm it really decentered whiteness is what I'm trying to say. And I think the first Gilda being white, especially in the nineties was like the way for the author to like on ramp people onto mm. reading it. And then just like completely drops her from the story. And, and Gilda, the first Gilda kind of understands that's why what she wants to do in a way, it is in a way she's like, here's an exchange of privilege. Don't hate me for it. Cause you are going right. to be a vampire. But like, right. And so there, there was an interesting relation in that, in that, that I found really interesting about this trope the way it was.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, no, that is so shit. No, that is, that is so interesting. And yeah, honestly, I I love that you're bringing up when the book was even written. Cause I mean, it's so funny. I'm like, damn, it was written in 1990. Like I picked the book and didn't even realize it was written in the like night. Wow. Shit. Okay. I'm
1: dead. (laughs) No,
0: like, I'm like, wow. Like, no, it, it reads, it reads, current and it's funny actually because I think the book actually goes on they actually have a chapter in 2020 I want to say in the second half um so I'd be interested to read the author's interpretation 30 years in Ooh. the past yeah that'll be that'll be extremely interesting to read um
1: yeah and I think there's a 2050 as well
0: yeah so
1: ooh fun <laughs> right so some things to look
0: forward to ooh um y'all have i mean y'all also hear this too so yeah y'all also have that to look forward to but yeah no i i love that i think certainly yeah like the 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 reverence for humanity the kind of detachment but also like almost seen as like a nature piece i think that's also yeah like just really really fascinating i will say and this is I, I want to be cautious with how I asked the question, but I did think it was interesting, but like I guess in a in a body where you could just live i mean ostensibly it's it's giving you could live forever as a vampire. I don't think there's like a mm. limit. I don't think it's like a oh, you you have until like a thousand years. I think you really could just live forever. It is interesting seeing the first Gilda choose to die like she was like i just you know i want to mm-hmm. move on to the next plane etc like i don't know like i i guess i'm just curious kind of how did you read that ritual and like what i'm curious around even on a, on a moral or personal level what would it mean regardless of how long our lifespan is what would it look like to yeah you know, to just have so much direction over when we decided this was over i guess right does that
1: make sense yeah yeah no, it's a good question. I do first asterisk. We are talking about de- death and assisted death, just so you are aware. And do want to point out that this is a topic that comes up a lot for a lot of people. It has various legality in different states and countries, mm-hmm. and it's hard. So, like for instance, a lot of people, if you if you have a terminal illness, what if you have all sorts of different things? Right. You're, you know, it's 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 not an easy question. So I do want to caveat. That and give people space for that. To your question, I think it is harder to live a longer time if you're living consciously.
2: Mm. I think it's a
1: heavier sense if you don't cut off your humanity. Because think about how much things have hurt us just in the short thirty years you and I have been alive. That's real, and how right, and how heavy it is just to carry everything we've carried. And now expand that 300 years. (laughs) You know, this person has Mm. seen like, all sorts of disease. I've 300 years from the 18th hell, She probably saw a little bit of the plague, you know. <laughs> like right, she's seen. You know, she's seen all. She said she was on other continents doing all. And and to watch things change for the worse like that, like I mean, to watch the enslavement of people who were not enslaved, mm-hmm. to be 300 before, watch this weird enslavement thing happen. That mm-hmm. that's got to be like, what is going on? And then watch yeah. this weird race philosophy take over and and mm. to watch like the beginning of this you know whatever <laughs> and 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 to, and she's right she gets to the end of 1850 she's like i don't see this going very well i mean we haven't even gotten to the 19th century yet she oh, hasn't even seen bomb. Yeah. and she said i don't know about all this and she makes a, po- a good point but she has seen before she's seen the atrocities of before and and i can see that i can see it becoming very heavy if you're, mm-hmm. if you like humanity, and if you care about the world and people and nature, mm-hmm. um, now if you turn it off and it's just about consuming, 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 you could live forever and it would never be enough, you know. Right. So I, I, I think that's really interesting. There, her choice. I think it's interesting that to die, you have to pass on your thing to someone else, because then that makes it really difficult, right, mm. to pass. Because you're, you're then saying like you will have to carry right. on, but then that's kind of what we do with kids. We're like, and now oh, "Come you're on a child. now, come on now, right?" Go forth and make yes, the world better. We mm-hmm. hang our hopes and dreams on you. <laughs> um. So, so yeah, I think that's a good question. I don't have an answer. She said, pontificating. Mm-hmm. What about you?
0: Yeah. No. I mean. I mean, one, thank you for, for the preface there. Yeah, obviously, this is a very sensitive topic. I think, you know, as far as like, I mean, and, and I totally agree with everything you said as far as like just to live consciously for that long, like, God damn, you yeah. know, like it's just, it, it, it really, it's really interesting because I think Reading this book has made me kind of reflect on just, like, yeah, like how the role of our own mortality does, can be activating in a lot of ways, right? Like, it's just yeah. the idea of like, yeah. because this is a finite experience, it's like, okay, well, shit, like, I'm here, like, might as well, like, you know, I mean, people saying shit like, oh, you know, you don't get any younger, might as well, like, it's not it's not like I'm getting time back, right? Like, it's like, but what if you just did, like, if you just could just mm-hmm. just sit and like, just not really have to do anything, I feel like. You know it. Yeah, it could be also. I I feel like that could be very immobilizing because then also it feels it feels almost like oh this is just the reality of the world. Period. I think there's like mm-hmm. part of what allows us to I think dream and have visions is the fact that I mean frankly we're not going to really be here to see like sort of the longer lasting yeah. effects of all of things. But if you were yeah. there and saw that shit didn't change that much or was changing way slower than it needed to, mm-hmm. like, I can imagine being like, "Girl, or this is what
1: the trajectory." On? Yeah. Which you weren't expecting.
0: Exactly. It's just like this is this is horrifying. And so I think I mean I can't ima- like I mean to yeah, it just feels like to just have to navigate that. I mean, I I I I can certainly understand getting to a point where it's like okay, like I've It's it's also interesting too because I also have to keep in mind that these are people that were born mortal and became immortal, right? It's not like the idea I think the mm. The Mm. signature idea being and being socialized within a schema such that like we are all going to die one day, I think is, I think that's extremely difficult to remove. I think if you were just born a vampire and you just like, I mean, you were just immortal, like that wasn't even a framework, then maybe you would see this differently. But I think for a lot, I mean, I mean, it's not like I, you know, know what it's like to be immortal, but like, you know, to have a mortal upbringing, I could also understand the transitioning being like, okay, like I think I've, you know, like, I think I've like kind of I don't want to say like I've seen enough, but maybe you know like I mean Gilda one literally was maybe. like yeah, like I think I'm good like I think like it's not it's no shade like I think I'm just I I'm ready to see because I, I think it can also become a question of like if you're in this super like in this like immortal plane right it's like when do you know you're done like how do you know when yeah. to when you're just yeah. like okay like I've done enough here and I think There's like that that a
1: little, a little mercy in our more more time.
0: exactly. Yeah. Asterisk
1: again, asterisk. Right, right. Dying is not a fun experience.
0: It's just, it is just interesting thinking about that. And I don't know, like, just kind of like, I guess, I imagine being a vampire already comes with a level of social isolation that I imagine would, for a lot of people, engender a lot of self-reflection and maybe maybe a higher level of self-awareness so i can also see mm. people getting to a point of being like okay like this is my goal this is what i want to do i want to utilize my extra years to do xyz thing this is of course assuming that you're trying to be more i guess benevolent in all this and not like just causing bullshit for everybody but like right, right. like assuming that i can i can also see you getting to a point where you're being like okay like i think i think i'm good right like i think i'm ready to it. pass this on to someone else like i think i've i've i think i've seen what i needed to see here um I mean certainly I think the idea of truly being immortal and being like there's I mean there's just no way out like you're literally just alive forever I think that's in its own way kind of I, it's
1: a hell of a kind <laughs> It's a hell of a kind
0: That's uh, yeah truly I I think that just sounds that sounds like kind of awful sounds pretty like I don't know like but uh, yeah yeah especially being yeah. A- again going with that like having to be conscious like social conscious the entire time like that just sounds like that like i feel like you'd have to just be like i'm just going to be do my own thing and like not be too involved with what the humans are doing um
1: yeah because it's just like y'all 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 gonna keep doing this you know gilda's point is well taken i think it is an answer that a lot of other vampire stories have not grappled with but like gilda was like do you know how many wars i've seen and how many times someone told me this was going to change <laughs> after yeah. the war. She was like, This is, it's basically on repeat, you know, where I, it feels like I'm in a Groundhog's Day, but it's centuries long. That's terrible. <laughs> mm, you know, there will be a point yeah. where you're just like, um, who do y'all hate this time and who's hating who? You're like, Oh, right. My God. And it's, you know, and I was thinking about the way she, she titles the house to Bernice's, I think. Niece or something where she doesn't even know the niece's name, she just tiles it to Bernice's kid. Like can you imagine someone who you were really close to, who had like a great moral compass and then five generations down, you're still referring to them by that person's name, but that person's a heinous fascist.
0: Mm. You're like, oh,
1: What is going? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Your yeah. sense, you're like you're still thinking about that person as if they were the person five generations ago. I mean, it must be and and in, your, in a way they are. So doesn't it terrify you? Right. The person you loved is now this person.
0: Lord,
1: <laughs> it's all very unnerving. Unnerving. Yeah. Um,
0: Ooh, gee whiz! Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> like, I wonder. How, <laughs> yeah, right. I wonder how it would be different though if everyone was immortal. You know, I don't know if that's tea. better or worse. I, I don't feel know. Like,
0: <laughs> I guess you'd be less isolated if everyone were immortal, but then like.
1: We could get up to all sorts of Tomfoolery.
0: I feel like that would not yeah. be great either. Like, so everybody lives. Everybody. <laughs> everybody. Everybody. Li- oh, honey and motherfuckers That's still being why. born oh girl it's it's Ooh, it's giving overcrowded minutes. it's giving overcrowded it's too yeah, many people, we gotta move people. like, <laughs> like <laughs> y'all gotta go like this ain't it
1: someone's gotta go underwater at that point with like, the fucking anglerfish
0: and whatever the fuck is like in the ocean girl cause like <laughs> but let me let, let me sorry. tell you who it will not be will not be I we will can't. not be Marcy of Jenkins the third absolutely not absolutely <laughs> not Mm-mm. nope so, uh, yeah, girl, that ask... sounds wild.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, what's up? It's, it's truly wild. I did want to ask one question, though. I wanted to touch on Eleanor real quick. Yes. And I think what's interesting to me is about her use of power. And, and Gilda is not really surprised by Eleanor wanting her to kill Samuel for her. She's not surprised at all by that, actually, when she does it. But she says this line where she says, we're free now. And it made me think of the role of the slave master's wife, in plantations Mm. and the power they use used Mm. and how that type of power trickles into the present but how Mm. it's not necessarily always seen as power the power to get people to do things for you to cause violence and then absolve yourself of it. Mm. the way she's kind of doing with not that she caught i mean she was playing around with samuel and his wife got this woman killed (laughs) i mean literally um i guess it's maybe like triangulation is what you call that i don't really know but i just thought Mm. it was interesting and her role as a vampire being able to do that felt very much an an analysis of power yeah or, or privilege but not just as a human now raised to her being you know vampiric so mm. that maybe maybe that was just a thought i had maybe there's nothing else to say about it
0: yeah Now that is interesting though it's definitely it is interesting seeing i think what's really fascinating is just seeing an allegiance like that to a form of social power
2: mm. when it's like you're a
0: vampire like why are you playing you, into this elinor like you're literally not even a like i mean yes you're still a person but like Like, girl, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, like you're really really using these antiquated-ass, like, fucking, like, oh, like, these, you know, slave master's wife-type energies to, like, get Gilda to do your bidding for you. And it's like, I mean, you and Gilda are literally on the same plane. And that plane is objectively just higher than everybody else. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that in itself, it's interesting to play into this kind of perceived... Inferiority when it's like you do, but Eleanor, you don't embody that at all. I mean, you didn't, period, right? Like, even if you weren't a vampire, but it's like, but you, girl, you literally could like fucking fly and like live forever. Like, what the fuck? Like,
1: huh? But so interestingly, right, Marcy, to your point, it means that there is a power in feigned helplessness because, right, she's basically right, right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Because if not, why would you be doing it? And that's Mm. a really interesting thing that that's wow. 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 I don't know. When you put those two together, you're like, wait, are you telling me the power of feigned helplessness might even be more strong than like being a vampire? Like, right. And then, if that's the case, to our point about if you're a privileged white slave owner in the antebellum South, like being a vampire doesn't give you that much more than <laughs> before. Right. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting. It's really, really interesting. And if you're coming from that place, it is simply to say that to be something else is a choice, you know? But also to be that type of, to give in to those, whatever, tropes, those oppressive things is also a choice you not to make. Mm. Power, I guess what I'm saying is power is not the reason we make a choice. You have the power and it might illuminate the choices that you would make. Mm-hmm. But it's not the reason why you're making the choice. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe. That's it. That's know. interesting.
0: That is interesting.
1: Yeah, hmm. who could say? But did you have any final thoughts, Marcy? i
0: was trying to think if there was anything. Oh God, you said something about Eleanor, and I wanted to say it real quick. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember, it's like slipping my mind. Like the faint
1: helplessness.
0: Yeah, it's um yeah i think it was something along the lines of like yeah i just think it's it's just particularly insidious to do this like as a vampire it is just oh oh i remember and it's and and to me it reads from a place of um sort of a rejection of the idea that because i'm a vampire i have to be separate from other people i think eleanor is someone who's more attached to Mm. this idea of being more viewed more communally than someone like gilda i think gilda is like perfectly okay just being like i'm just gonna like do my own thing have a couple like good judys and like just call it a day whereas I think mm-hmm. eleanor is very much still and not even necessarily out of a sense of necessity but i think just out of a sense of just entertainment i think she she likes the percent like playing with the perception of how she is in a community and like using that to ah. our advantage um which maybe i think comes from a seated sense of loneliness like where she just you know wants to just be in the whatever is going on, but it is just interesting that to do so, she is playing into these power dynamics and these social dynamics that only just further isolate her, like from people yeah. who she could actually build connection with. You know, like it's Ooh, just, it's, it's interesting that, point. like, you're falling into racism <laughs> when you're lonely, you know, like it's like, yeah. like all of this is so meaningless. Ooh, like, you know, you're falling
1: so into racism because you're lonely.
0: Yeah. So. God,
1: it goes back to the this point is about: very- is power why we do things, or is there something underlying?
0: Mm. Power? Yeah. yeah. So it's just very ironic, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well. Well, if you have thoughts. About it, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, if you think we're just very wrong, or you think mm. we missed like a basic thing about the vampiric trope, you're like, where are the stakes? Where's the holy water? Where's the coffins? Right you can you can let us know you know just like that i want the subject line of the email to us at these colored pages at gmail.com to say where's the sticks where's the coffin? <laughs> where's the holy water um, just like you that you can also go to our <laughs> just like that you can also go to our website thesecoloredpages.com and yeah just i don't know check us out so, yeah. yes
0: absolutely absolutely and of course if this episode brought you any Love, light, delight. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Please feel free to leave with some love wherever you're listening to this podcast. So That can be a comment. It could be a rating. It could be a review. Like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher. Wherever you're getting your life to this podcast, please feel free to just leave us some love. We definitely appreciate it. Always, We
1: appreciate it.
0: Um, also, if you know someone in your life where you're like, you know what? Like, this is actually... The black vampiric fantasy that you needed. Um, take this. I'm not going to even say all this to you because again, we, we really recommend sending just shit to people. No context. Just send them the episode. No context. And then, <laughs> you know, maybe just feel free to, um, I don't know, like, eat an apple, <laughs> um, go to bed, like, <laughs> like, just, I don't know, call a loved one, like, something, like, I don't know, just do something restorative, um, before you then yeah. throw your phone into, I don't know, like, the oncoming something. traffic, because that's all gonna just, I mean, maybe help you definitely help us. Um mm-hmm. and we'll just kind of go yes. from there. We're gonna make our community even more <laughs> colorful. Um, I feel like I've just increasingly been losing the plot with these like last <laughs> these like ending notes. Like, I just how do oh, i, I be know. like, Marcy, what the fuck are you talking about, bitch? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but yes, but next time we're gonna get be getting into part two. So we're gonna be finishing the Guild of Stories and talking about it with some. Special guests. I will say Ooh. nothing else. Um, but between now and then, Aqua, are there any other things you should leave our listeners with before we head out?
1: No, just until we meet again, remember to... Stay, stay Colorful! colorful.